When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Clowny Up podcast on the A to Z Sports Clowny Network. I'm sorry, I'm getting I'm getting way ahead of myself. Welcome into the Tighten Up podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry next to Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up podcast. Find the podcast on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod. Go give us a follow. Same with Facebook or same with Instagram, I should say. We are at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. We are under the A to Z sports umbrella, and Titan season is finally here. You're going to need to go follow those guys throughout the football season at A to Z sports on all social media platforms. If you're not doing it already, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. No, you're not an idiot. If you're listening to this podcast, you're definitely not an idiot. But go follow them because it seriously is worth the follow, especially and our podcast and everything, especially with football season coming down the shoot. Guys, this is our 27th episode. Sorry. What was I saying? This is our 27th sode. And... Eddie George. Shout out Eddie George. But even more so, shout out. This is our last sode until NFL football. This is it. This is the last time you will hear our voices in the offseason of the NFL. Okay, I could have said, worded that better. We made it. You know what I'm saying. We made it. It's been a long offseason. The news has come in waves too where where we we would get we would get a little a little treat from John Robinson and friends in the front office. Mm-hmm. And then they'd go zero dark 30 for 30 days. Yes. And then they'd pop up with random other news. And right. finally, we got the news that we wanted to hear all along. And then Vrabel's son would uh, poop on national TV. Right. I, so, like, it's just been like an off season full of, of news and then dry spells and then news again. Uh, but I thank you guys for following all along the way. We've got a massive show today. And I, I don't know if you've heard or not, but. Jadavian Clowney is a Tennessee Titan. JD in two-tone blue. If you're not stoked for this news, if you're not absolutely stoked, just get out. Just stop listening to this podcast right now because we are only being stoked for the rest of this episode from here on out. From here on out, we are stoked because of Jadavian Clowney. uh, We've also, we are going to be joined by Broncos insider Cody Rourke at Cody Rourke NFL. He's going to kind of give us, help us break down the Broncos in week one. We're going to have a lot of fun with him, Uncle Cody Rourke, after he joins us. And we've also got some Jaguar slander for you. We've got a couple of your emails heading into week one. We'll pay our respects to Trevor Simeon's time on the Titans active roster. We'll talk about Steven Gotzkowski. We just got so much loaded in this episode before the NFL season starts. So I don't even know why we're wasting any more time. With that said, let's talk tight. I hear the train a-coming It's rolling around the bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when what is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is September 9th, 2020-9-9, which means we are one sleep away from NFL football. But before we go anywhere else, before we talk about anything else, let me send it down to my guy, Jack Gentry, for the latest and the greatest of Clowny Watch 20. 20- 20. Jack, what do you got for us? Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Jadavian Clowney signed a one-year, $12 million deal that is worth up to $15 million in incentives with the Tennessee Titans. Finally! Finally! Oh, my God! It's been, a, it's been a long, hard road, but we finally made it, Austin. This move, too, puts the cherry on top. of It was a shaky offseason with the whole Vic Beasley thing. 
Uh, John Robinson did a great job, though. He, you know, he made up for all of it with this clowny deal. Completely transforms the defense and transforms this podcast. Yeah, oh, without question, dude. I this feels like I feel better now than I would if we got a vaccine for COVID. <laughs> which, <laughs> which, if you think about it, COVID came up. It flared up in America around the time free agency started, March fifteenth ish. And so this whole clowny saga has been as as long as and probably as much of a nightmare for Titans fans as as coronavirus has been. I say that in jest, but also partly serious because it has been a wild ride. And we now move from clowny watch to JD watch because now we just get to count how many times Mike Vrabel says JD in all of his Zoom press conferences. That's right, and that may be the most important thing that comes out of his press conferences from here on out. I, would, I just want to hear about Clowney now. Yeah. I know that we've waited all offseason. Uh, times got rough. I got real nervous when I saw Sean Payton in Houston eating a, a meal prepared by Clowney's personal chef. Yeah. That, I'm not going to lie, I was, you know, my faith was wavering. Right. But it, it, it is like, I feel like this weekend alone has been a roller coaster. Never mind the offseason being a roller coaster. This weekend was almost like the entire offseason crammed into three days with the wild ride that we were sent on. Because it started on Friday with, with um, Brent Doherty, Uncle Brent, a uh, friend of the podcast, right. tweeting out that he was hearing from his sources that it could be done as early as tonight. I got to give. Uncle Brent credit on this. He, yes, he, he may have been a little bit early with the report, but he said it, the wording of the tweet is perfect because he said it could be done as early as you can't tonight, lose as early that. as you can't, right. you can't lose. He didn't say as late as tonight. He said as early as meaning it could happen tonight or anytime thereafter. <laughs> and it definitely happened <laughs> anytime the thereafter. Time. Yes, exactly. Uncle Brent, that was good work by you. I got a little nervous for you, though. I'm not gonna lie. We were we were sweating bullets because the stand we in the hourglass was running low. <laughs> we we were like, is, is is Uncle Brent about to get like? Is is this going to be one of those things where I remember years ago, Clay Travis reported that uh, that Peyton Manning was coming to the Titans, and he heard from his sources that it was a done deal. Whoa, whoa, then, whoa, wait, wait, wait! Clay Travis was wrong about something. <laughs> Surely not. I know, right? It that's uh, not really on brand with him. Uh, but yeah, completely wrong on the Peyton Manning stuff. And like, and no joke, within like, uh, I want to say like ten hours, not even, maybe even less of uh, of him tweeting the first tweet that like it was a done deal. Peyton Manning signed with Denver. Um, <laughs> uh, but shout out to Uncle Brent. Uh, he yeah. he didn't he didn't credit us, which I thought was a little yeah uh, disappointing. If he was because our we, uncle, we'd we'd probably have gone after him a little harder. We were ahead of this. We were months ahead. Or oh, at we least, at least we had months. the scoop before anyone. We, like I don't understand. I don't understand why most people, especially like the Josina Andersons and the Diana Russinis of the world, didn't credit us because we did have this scoop well before anyone. And I will I will say this, Joe Jack. We do have to shout out all the Tuppers who were out there that did credit us. They made sure right. they slid into the the mentions of the Dianas and the uh, Josinas, uh, and I think maybe uh, one of them slid into Brent's comments, uh, Brent Doherty's comments, saying, "Please credit at Tighten Up Pod," which we do appreciate those Tuppers for for sticking up for us. You guys 100%, are awesome. Yeah, the most loyal fan base you've ever seen, and you know, we we were out in front of this. I'm glad that they they kind of recognize it and threw our names in the mix uh where we deserve to be all along but yeah that was awesome to see um we just some we, just some podcasters with rock solid sources we we should also shout out to ken ken moore at k moore sports fans fans with sources if you remember way back when uh back to july 20th 2020 Ken Moore tweeted, a trusted source tells me Jadavian Clowney plans to sign with Tennessee Titans once he can take and pass his physical. Clowney will likely need to go through the COVID-19 two-test protocol before being allowed to take his physical. Hashtag Titans. Hashtag NFL. Hashtag NFL free agency. Hashtag Clowney. Now, anyone, first of all, any, any fan with sources you should be skeptical of. You should also be skeptical of anyone that tweets four hashtags in a single tweet. 100%. Uh, <laughs> and but he was technically right now i will say this we're not going to just give 
him credit because you can't just claim something like way in advance, hope it happens and then demand credit. All right. Like yeah, that's who just, are you to do that? <laughs> that's just a terrible strategy. So we are not crediting. We're not crediting Ken Moore at K Moore sports who we referenced episodes ago on this podcast. We're not going to give him credit, but because you, you just can't do it. That's just, that's just very cheap. That's a very cheap thing strategy to do so we sorry k more strip sacking kin more of his credits clowny style right yes but please credit tighten up pod uh if you ever see anyone trying to run with uh a story but yeah jack so this weekend the saints they they literally hosted jadavian clowny over for a uh a, a or, or no no excuse me jadavian clowny hosted the saints coaches for a dinner yeah Sean Payton and, was pimping hard. Right. Yes. He was. Fly all the way out to Houston just to have dinner with a guy. Total simp. Sean Payton simp. doesn't understand no simp timber. <laughs> Is that it? Are we doing no, no simp timber? No simp timber. He didn't get the Sean memo. Payton, clear violator. The Saints, the Saints, it's so funny that the Saints went so hard on Jadavian Clowney because they have less than $7 million in cap space. And we all know Jadavian Clowney was, was, Commanding seventeen, eighteen million. He ended up getting fifteen million, and I think I think it was like what twelve million with incentives. Twelve from million the for now. He can play up and work to fifteen million dollars, which, which I love. We do. We all hope he does. We want to pay him fifteen million dollars. Exactly. That means he's produced, and that's what you want because one of the knocks on Jadavian Clowney is, oh well, he doesn't show up all the time, and you know sometimes he phones it in. If you've got incentives on the line, if he wants to get that three million, if he wants to get closer to that price tag he was demanding earlier in the in free agency, he's got to play his ass off. Which I love that. For, shout out to J Rob on that deal for not th- this entire offseason. It was the Titans against no one else because no one else could afford Jadavian Clowney. Shout out to John Robinson for not caving and bidding against himself in this Clowney sweepstakes, if you will. Right. And the uh, apparently the Saints' final offer was roughly two million dollars lower than Tennessee's, and Jadavian had to make them dinner. I, I feel like the Saints should have at least tried to foot the bill for that dinner, and maybe <laughs> maybe sent their own chefs. Am I am I wrong? No, you're completely right. And there's also smoke being blown um, that the Saints were were willing to sign him in order to trade him to the Cleveland yes. Browns. And the same with Jacksonville. Although Jacksonville getting in was just comedy to me. As if anyone wants to go there right now, um, yeah. they were they were trying to get in the mix to then flip him to the Ravens, which would have been a nightmare for Titans fans. Yeah, we will we will clown the Jaguars here coming up uh, later in the pod. We've got um, some but for you, Jaguars. Yeah, and and what was interesting to me was that whole report of the the sign and trade that the NFL did not allow was the 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 Saints turning to the Browns to sign him because the the Browns were one of the teams that were big in on Clowney from the get-go. They offered him, what, three three years, 51 million? And Clowney well, said no. The first three teams that were in it, it seemed like, were the Titans, the Seahawks, and the Browns. Right. So they so, were clearly still interested as this whole thing played itself out over the, the period of months that it took. So if you're the Saints, do you really trust the Browns to sign him and then just trade him to you for a second-round draft pick? Like, if I, if that were the case, I would think, like if I'm the Browns, I'm like, yeah, let's, yeah, we'll do this sign and trade and then sign him and then just not trade him and just screw over the saints. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. That's what, that's what could have happened. You're right. I don't understand what, maybe they felt so insecure about their own standing that Clowney doesn't want to come to Cleveland. OBJ's taking, getting shitted on literally. <laughs> that's not a place where Clowney wants to go right now. Yeah. Taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Um, or I guess taking him to his chest. Uh, so the, I, I would say that the, I would say that, oh, and the other, the other team that was, was involved was the Jaguars were talking about signing and trading to the Ravens, which that was where Clowney wanted to go from the get go. And he was very vocal about that early on that he, he wanted to be with in Baltimore, which I don't blame him. If you're a defensive player, I would want to be in Baltimore. Like I, that's a good franchise. That's a, it's a strong defense. It's got a great history. I don't blame him for that. But I do love that that didn't happen. The NFL did not allow the sign and trade deal because they don't want teams essentially paying for draft picks, which is what would happen. You see it a lot in the NBA. The NFL is like, no, we're not doing that. Um, and 
So then the Ravens got screwed out, which that would have sucked if the Ravens somehow swooped in in the 11th hour and gotten Jadavian Clowney. But instead, the Titans get him. And Jack, I got to ask, are the Titans a top five defense now? Because you have to think, like, at least, right? On paper, they look a lot better than I'm willing to rank them right now. I think they're fringe top 10. They have talent all over the ball, all over the defensive side of the ball. The defensive line now looks looks nice, especially if you can get Vic Beasley out there for the majority yes. of the games. I'm not, look, I'm not here counting on Vic Beasley to suit up 16 games. He just right. seems to be flaky. Um, if you can get some production out of him, Harold Landry improves upon last year, which he had a great season. Um, and then you need to see, what I need to see is, how is Malcolm Butler going to respond after an injury last season that set him back? How will yeah. Dory Jackson, you know, thrive in his role? Will Christian Fulton uh, be, be productive as well? We know what we're getting out of the Titan safeties and Kenny Vaccaro and Kevin Byard. That's the most solid unit they have position group. Well, and Jadavian Jid- Jid- Clowney now too, because he's going to be playing safety for the Titans. That's right. You can, you can plug him in wherever you want. Nobody's running slants if Jadavian Clowney's playing safety. <laughs> But, the, but what yeah. now is a defensive line that can get pressure to the quarterback. And that was ultimately the Titans' downfall when they played Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. No one could get him off his rhythm. No one would get, could get back to the backfield. And, the, and uh, the, that, that, could, that could change this season with their two edge rushers that they brought in in Beasley and Clowney. Yes. And a lot of people, a lot of the naysayers out there, which if you're a naysayer of this deal, shut up. This is incredible. This is a this is a massive deal. It's the first time you could argue in the Titans franchise history. This is the biggest free agent signing that they have had. A number one overall draft pick is now with the Tennessee Titans, and a good one at that. And if you're going to point to his stat sheet, you you clearly are taking the most lazy approach to this because it is. You can talk about oh well, he only had three sacks last year. Shut up. Just shut up. Because that's not, that's, this is a, this is a player who literally is clocked at at getting to the quarterback faster than anyone in the entire NFL. This is a guy who breaks up plays, not to mention his run defense is arguably one of the best of any defensive lineman in there. You pair him with a, a Jeffrey Simmons. If you're an offensive line, who are you putting focus on? It's a, it's a pick your poison, a Sophie's choice of whether you want to go after if you want to double team Javian Clowney or Jeffrey Simmons, and Daquan uh, Jones is no slouch in his own right. Exactly. Either is Landry or Beasley. Think about it. Titans lose Jarrell Casey. That sucked. Loved Jarrell Casey. He was a big body. He was a great defensive lineman. But you replace him with a potent, the potential of Vic Beasley. Cause that's all I'm going to put it at right now. And a Jadavian Clowney. Are you kidding me? This is this is like this is such an upgrade and this is huge and I think it I think the the bar or I guess the the what, what the floor the floor for this Titans team is the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bold claim but they definitely got better. They definitely got better this offseason. Uh there there's a lot of uproar just cuz you lost Casey and and didn't get much in return. Well, now you see kind of the vision that John Robinson had all along. We knew he had this, this, this vision. We just yes. were skeptical of the execution. Um, and that will be the last time I question Sir Robinson. Gosh, John Robinson continues to impress. Just And he did it all offseason. Just, it just continues to impress, and I love him. And you can tell the New England Patriots like, stuff that he learned <laughs> from, from being up in that franchise as a scout. He is brought south to Nashville, and he is winning the game as a GM, which is more than I can say for that uh, giant chin dimple down in Houston. (laughs) We are lucky to have John Robinson. The Titans are lucky to have him as their GM. Last thing I will say on this before we get to Cody Rourke to preview Monday Night Football. Sorry, I just I'm so stoked that the Titans are actually on my not just on Monday Night Football, Monday Night Football to start the season. Cameron Batson was cut to make way for Jadavian Clowney. My question is, is that something that like you brag about with your friends? Like, <laughs> like was, Cameron Batson was a sacrificial lamb to make Jadavian Clowney happen. Right. Which to me, like, I'm like saying, like, I'm bragging to my friends. Like, yeah, like, look, the only reason I got cut from the Titans was for Jadavian Clowney was for a player that good. So if that's what it takes, I mean, that's almost like kind of like a, 
that's almost look and and not to make light of a guy getting cut and getting literally let go from his job i think he may be on the practice squad now but that's pretty cool you know to say like well you know they had to squeeze me the only person that could squeeze me out of the, my roster spot was Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, that's right. That is that is kind of a cool it, it's it's at least something, you know, it's not like you're getting cut to make room for uh Trevor Simeon, you know. Right. That's not right. As fun or of like a, a like a backup punter, you know? Yeah. Like it's yeah. not like yeah, oh, you know, Brett Kern's backup, I got cut for that guy. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't talk about that with your friends. But now Cameron Batson can probably watch the games on Sunday and be whenever Javian Clowney makes a sack, be like, look, that roster spot that he's playing with, that's mine. He's going to be sitting at home with Jets pizza and wings all just scattered across his ottoman. Jadavian Clowney's going to have a strip sack, return for a touchdown. He's going to go to his buddy. He's going to el- nudge him with his elbow. Hey, you see that? I did that. <laughs> that was Thank you, Cameron I, so Batson, for being the lamb that the Titans did. Anything, anything Jadavian Clowney does this, this year, we have to give a shout-out to Cameron Batson because without him, this is – Jadavian Clowney's not a Titan. Let's just be honest. He's not, there's no roster spot for him. So shout out Cameron Batson. We appreciate you here on the Titan up podcast. You are, we will, we will take note of that. Anytime anything good happens with Jadavian Clowney this year, like when he gets a pick six, we will shout out Cameron Batson to the house. Like that is all you, my, my man. So, uh, all right. Well, with that said, let's go ahead and get to Cody Rourke. At Cody Work NFL Broncos Insider, he's a host of Locked On Broncos podcast. We're gonna get, we're gonna talk to him about literally everything this Week One matchup. So, I, I don't know where you would go, but just stick around for the next like ten seconds or so until we get to Cody Work. Stoked to actually be talking some week one NFL football with our guy, Cody Rourke at Cody Rourke NFL on Twitter. Give him a follow. Um, it, it's always good, especially if, if you're a Titans fan, you're like, probably like, why, why do I need to follow a Broncos guy? It's always good to follow uh, people from around the league that cover other teams, especially in the AFC, because it's important, especially come uh, playoff crunch time just to be well-versed on all things NFL. But he's also the NFL content director at PFN 365. He's Broncos insider and host of the Locked On Broncos podcast. He is Cody Rourke. Cody, dude, thanks so much for joining us, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. Anytime I get to jump on and talk football, you know, look, that's my thing. I think uh, with the way that the world has been the last six months, seven months, I mean, who knows how long it's been. It's been forever. But football is here, and we have a very, very fun game to talk about for this Monday night football matchup. Yeah, and uh, right. I should also note that in your Twitter bio, you do mention that you do sound like Adam Schefter. And I will say that, that might be – not to take anything away from your other credentials might be the truest thing on your Twitter bio. <laughs> hey, you know, I hear it a lot and uh, it's really crazy because Adam and I, we're going to jump on and actually record a podcast together here soon. So <laughs> it's going to be one of those things That's that really, good. really kind of confuses people as to wait, who is talking. So yeah, it'll be the Spider-Man's pointing at each other meme. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> Cody, it's, it's good to have you on. We, as you know, just the Titans fan base and kind of the, the media around the team, we parted ways with, with a man very close to all of our hearts mm-hmm. in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yes. One Jarrell Casey. Can you give us an update on how Casey's been looking? Yeah, uh, Jarrell Casey has been huge for the Broncos so far this week. He's obviously helping giving some of that inside intel about the uh, Titans offense and, and oh, Titans defensively. Uh, you know, I, I think for Jarrell Casey, look, he's a, he's a very stand-up guy. He felt really, really betrayed in a sense by Tennessee for trading him, you know, and he wanted to uh, really kind of stay. He felt like they were building something, but he obviously understands the business side of the NFL and the one thing about Jarrell that I will say has been, you know, a difference maker is the veteran leadership that he has for some of the younger guys that are on the Broncos roster. So they, they acquired Jarrell Casey via trade for a seventh round pick, which is absolutely crazy just to be able to think about that value, considering what we saw Jarrell Casey do in the playoffs against Baltimore and, and Lamar Jackson won the NFL MVP award. So that was something that I was kind of perplexed on. Uh, but Jarrell Casey has really mentored guys along the lines of McTelvin Ajim, Uh, Draymond Jones and even Shelby Harris who's a veteran now in the NFL he's been really monumental for that room a question that I'm sure is on a lot of Titans fans minds is 
especially in regards to Jarrell Casey. Have you seen his butt crack yet? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's uh, you know, I tell you, he, he, he's got, he's all bulked up, man. He, he's wearing that really tight Under Armour. Uh, yeah, no, he's oh, just um, wait. Just yeah, wait. just wait. It'll 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 it's make a its appearance. Of time. Yeah. <laughs> How? Uh, go ahead, Jack. I was going to say, keeping with defensive line, the Titans just made a monster acquisition in Jadavian Clowney. Uh, word out of Denver is that the Broncos' O-line isn't as stable as they would probably like it to be at, uh, coming into the season. Is that a point of weakness that you think the Titans could expose on Monday night? You know, it's really hard to say, uh, Jack. And the reason I say that is because the Broncos, you know, a lot of people are talking about the, the tackle position. Uh, Juwan James opting out of the season due to COVID-19. So now you got Elijah Wilkinson, who started at right tackle for them when they played Tennessee last year. Garrett Bull still a left tackle, who played against Tennessee last year. Really nothing has changed except the center position and the guard position for Denver. Denver acquired Graham Glasgow at right guard. And then center, uh, rookie center Lloyd Cushiver is going to be a starting center here. So I'd say really the change is on those two positions there. The Broncos offensive line, in my opinion, is not as big of a weak suit as, as I think a lot of people, uh, you know, tend to think it is. I, I think they improved a lot with Drew Locke. Um, and when the Broncos played the Titans last year, look, Joe Flacco, he held the ball for a long time. And I think that was one of the biggest issues we saw with the Broncos O-line. But they gradually got better once they had a quarterback who didn't hold on the ball for five to six seconds or stand back in the pocket. They had a guy that was mobile and could get the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, so right now, I mean, coming into this matchup, it's really an unknown exactly where the Broncos offensive line will be. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to take about five weeks to really find out. Now, talking about Drew Locke, I'm uh, unabashed, well, sometimes abashed, uh, Mizzou guy. So I, I am very familiar with Drew Locke, love him to death. And I'm glad, I was glad to see him have some success last year, at least down the stretch, once they, the Broncos made that change. What, what is, I guess, what's the feeling in Denver around Drew Locke? Is this the guy of the future? Is this everyone's like all in on? Or is there still some of that, uh, you know, we don't, He's we're not, not exactly sure how to feel. like. Yeah, exactly. Gentlemen, I hate to interrupt your question here, but there is some breaking news right now about the Broncos, and it will affect this matchup. Von Miller apparently suffered a leg injury in practice today, and he is now – he the fear is that he may be done for the rest of the season, and that's being wow. reported by Brandon Cristal of Broncos KOA Radio. Damn. And now Ian Rappaport has now confirmed that that is the case, and they're looking at that. Uh, that, to me, I think, you know, we'll throw a wrench in that. So, sorry to interrupt your question. No, I think no, that, that just came across no. my, my phone. I just got the text message, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, this is a big, big thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, so in terms of that, I think with Drew Locke, look, he is he, he's the young guy, and, and I still believe that 2020 for him is going to be his rookie season. He had the five games, but you got to really evaluate 16. I think once he hits a full 16-game season, we can see the highs, we can see the lows. He's got a lot of passion, a lot of energy to him, though, and, and he's very charismatic. I mean, his teammates love him. They rally around him, and that, to me, I think is the biggest sign, and he's just got to continue to grow as a quarterback. They surrounded him with an experienced play caller and Mike, uh, and, uh, Pat Shermer, an experienced quarterback coach with Mike Shula. He's going to have to take his strides, but I don't think that the pressure is entirely on him here in 2020 to really kind of go out there and just put up numbers the way that I think that, you know everyone's expecting that Pat Mahomes did. Super unrealistic and not very, very likely, but you got to be able to measure where he's at, and I think if he can help the Broncos win games, reduce turnovers, and manage the game. Look, I think the Broncos are going to be in a good position. But, yeah, I think Drew Locke is, is really going to be one of those young guys to really keep an eye on this season. And let's talk about this Von Miller news because that's a monster blow to that Denver Broncos defense. Already in the offseason, Chris Harris departed in free agency. Um, where do the Broncos stand now, just especially losing Miller game week? Um, how, how do they go about replacing that production? I don't know if you can. But, uh, you know, kind of where, how do you see this Broncos defense now game planning and approaching stopping Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill? Ah, that's going to be tough. Well, it's a potentially season-ending ankle injury for Vaughn. He's going to have an MRI, and more will be known tomorrow, according to Ian Rappaport. So I think for the Broncos, look, Vaughn Miller was putting in a ridiculous amount of training this offseason. If anyone you know follows him from an NFL perspective, 
his off-season training program was ridiculous. I mean, he put on about 10, 15 pounds of muscle and was still moving fast at, at Broncos camp. And, and the thing for him is he's just – he's one of those impact players you always have to account for. And here's the dilemma here. The Broncos, you know, Bradley Chubb right now still dealing with some knee soreness coming off of ACL. The biggest question is going to be if they lose Von Miller and if Bradley Chubb is just not 100% yet, they're going to have to rely on Jeremiah Tauchu, and they're also going to have to rely on Malik Reed, who was an undrafted free agent last year. So this really puts a lot of pressure on this Broncos team. They may have to go and sign an emergency pass rusher uh, very, very soon. But I think if you lose Von Miller, obviously week one against Derrick Henry, that's going to be a big blow. I imagine that the Titans would probably game plan to run wherever Von Miller's side would be at that point if he's not in there. Uh, right now, I think, you know, this is just fresh. So it's, it's head's kind of spinning here. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. unsure about what's going to happen now in this game, man. Uh, well, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it down a peg to, I guess, some, some better news for Broncos fans. The fact that they don't have, um, Trevor Simeon anymore, <laughs> but hey, now I would have liked to get him back on the practice squad. You guys did that. Though. Well, yeah. So that's what I was going to ask you was. The, the Titans obviously have him. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't make the back backup quarterback spot, but he was placed on the practice squad. Give us the dirt on this guy. Is he? Is he any good? Like, is that? Is that a good spot for him? Is he any good? If because I mean, Jack jokes is that the Trevor Simeon is two sneezes away from starting on this team. With COVID, <laughs> anything's possible. Anything's possible. If he like, if if if. The Titans hit that emergency quarterback level. Are are the Titans screwed? You know, I, I I wouldn't say that because I would absolutely be excited if Trevor Simeon was the backup quarterback for the franchise. If I was a fan, that I would have, uh, you know, he was a starter for New York for a little bit, uh, the Jets, and then he suffered an ankle injury and was done for the year. Uh, you know, for Trevor Simeon, for a guy who was a seventh round draft pick. The expectation when he was in Denver, look, it was, they thought Paxton Lynch, the first-round draft pick, was going to be the guy. Trevor Simeon came in and beat out Paxton Lynch. And Simeon actually had some qualities to him. I think it were really good. However, when we talk about the quarterback position, he just wasn't that emotional leader, a guy that, you know, when, when stuff's going wrong, that you're going to look in the eyes and have confidence in. Uh, I, I think Simeon is a very serviceful backup. And I honestly, I think he's like the perfect backup to Ryan Tannehill in this situation. Uh, in terms of this offense as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, I don't think the Titans are screwed. I, you know, I'd actually be comfortable if, you know, for example, if Ryan Tannehill went down, I would actually be comfortable having a guy like Simeon in comparison to probably anybody else right now. Now, I forgot who is right now the Titans' backup quarterback on, on the depth chart behind Tannehill. That's well, the next question. Logan Woodside, it's all right. We, you, so, don't, you don't need to. I would go, I would go with Trevor guy. Simeon over that. So, you know, maybe part of that, maybe the reason why they, they had cut him and he's back on the practice squad, maybe his medicals weren't completely all the way back yet. Uh, that could obviously take some time. But, yeah, I, I would say I'd be fairly confident with having Simeon as the backup. Look, he was probably a very underappreciated quarterback in the Broncos quarterback carousel the last few years. Um, I would say that I would rank it would probably be Case Keenum, Trevor Simeon, uh, out of all the quarterbacks that, you know, the Broncos have gone through that. I probably was like, you know what, I'm, I have more confidence in than anybody else. So I think the Titans are in good hands at the backup position if he does, in fact, at some point become the backup. I appreciate yeah. you saying that. That's very that's very kind of you. He he was brought in. I think in, in the, the Titans were really expecting to see him win that backup job. It hasn't happened yet. It's a long season, a lot of moving parts, especially in 2020. Another moving part. Uh, Melvin Gordon came to Denver this offseason, and that was a backfield that was it wasn't it wasn't bad last season. You, you had Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay kind of splitting time as the feature back in in the Broncos' offense. But what does Melvin Gordon bring to this Broncos running game? Well, you know, he's a bigger back than, than I think most people will give him credit for. You When you look at him in comparison to Philip Lindsay, he's obviously a bigger, taller back. Uh, probably can withstand a little bit more of the bruising in between the tackles. And I think that's why the Broncos brought him in. Not to mention, too, he's a dynamic guy. You know, once you get him involved in the passing game, he has the ability to turn a, you know, two- to three-yard catch into yards after the catch for 54-plus yards. He's a hard guy to bring down. He's hard to tackle. Uh, and I think that's a big reason why the Broncos brought him in because, you know, despite Royce Freeman being a bigger, bulkier guy, the Broncos just weren't getting that running pro productivity outside of, you know, Philip Lindsay. You know, Royce Freeman to get a couple big runs here and there. I was actually just rewatching the Titans Broncos game from last year again today. And I, I just saw that, that, you know, he had a couple of five yard runs, but really nothing big that broke. And, and I think for the Broncos, they just needed another option because you don't want Phil Lindsay having 30 carries a game. I think that's going to wear him down more so than he probably needs to be. And fantasy owners across the world are wondering and know how to handle this Broncos backfield. What advice do you have for those guys? Yeah. 
Look, Good you question. know, if you, if you have to decide between Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, I I still would put my money on Philip Lindsay because he is the one guy I think will break will break some of the big plays. You know, whether if Melvin Gordon gets the first carry or not, uh, you know, there's going to be that. But Philip Lindsay is going to be the guy that's going to come in and try to gash somebody, and I think that's going to be something to really keep an eye on as the season progresses. Right now, they're both listed as co-starters. So Monday night against Tennessee, we have no idea which back is actually going to get the first carry. And I think the Broncos are going to really try to utilize both of them. You may even see times where they're both on the field at the same time in 21 personnel. So, uh, like I said, it's going to be one of those things. But I would, I would bet my money on Philip Lindsay in terms of the fantasy world. Broncos really like running backs with two first names, don't they? <laughs> they really do. It's, it's really odd. Melvin, Gordon, Philip, yeah. and Lindsay. Yeah, it's – you throw Derrick Henry in there, it's gonna be it's gonna be just a whole night worth of full names. We could call we could come up with a bold name for that for sure. But you know, <laughs> I think that it, it's gonna be dynamic. And part of me is thinking in this matchup too is, you know, there hasn't been any preseason games. There's there really isn't any tackling in practice. Your contact is really limited. How is it that defense is gonna play both Lindsey Gordon and even the Broncos playing Derrick Henry? Who look, he's a hard guy to bring down as is. I really wonder if we're going to see some ugly football, ugly defense, ugly tackling from the NFL in week one. That's going to be a big question I have. I got to ask you this because I've got uh, a, one of my good friends is Michael Spencer, CBS4 there in Denver. Great and guy. I got a, a great guy, awesome guy. Um, he, he and a lot of my friends, I've got a lot of friends that are also Broncos fans. I got to ask you this just on a personal uh, preference standpoint. Your all-time favorite Broncos uniform setup, because I'm a big navy blue top white guy with the orange suspenders running all the way down. All-time favorite. <laughs> they remind me of the Super Bowl teams back in the day, but they've been going with they've been going orange heavy over the last few years. Where do you stand on that? You know, I like the old school orange with the kind of that baby blue helmet with the D logo, the yes. old school kind of throw, like the creamsicle jerseys in a sense. I I kind of like that a little bit more. Uh, and I think the Broncos need to change things up a little bit with the orange. I know the orange jersey is the home one, but I'd like to see more blue. And the Broncos are actually going to open up against Tennessee in the blues that they wore last year when they beat Tennessee. So I think it was oh. just a little bit of that psychology there. But yeah. I like the blue. I like the blue as well. But maybe the Broncos are going to be in for a uniform change in the next two years. That might be something. Yeah. Altitude is always a factor when teams head into to Denver, and even more so in the beginning weeks of the season. Uh, our friend Mike Herndon tweeted out that the Broncos are 49-6 and six at home in the first two weeks of the season. Those numbers are staggering. And do you think, especially in a season where conditioning, now more than ever, may not be up to where it needs to be heading into the season, that, I mean, that that's, could cause problems not only for the Titans, but also the Broncos. You got, you got Derrick Henry who will be running at you, coming at you every play. I don't know if he'll, he'll have the same stamina and conditioning required to really – really drive home you know a victory for the titans yeah i mean I, I think that's always certainly a factor with the way you look at it and, and what i think about you know that i think about teams that don't play at altitude they fly in you know they may have a day or two days total depending on when they fly in to just really rest but altitude sickness is a real thing and i can tell you this traveling from denver to the coast uh, i always experience altitude sickness for some reason even though i live in colorado i'm always at altitude but flying to sea level i always get altitude sickness for some reason so i wonder how it is for nfl players they've never really investigated that but i imagine this too when you look at the titans usually they're an eastern time zone team they're they're not used to playing games i think as late as they probably will this week um, and part of me wonders if that's going to factor in, obviously, the altitude, the, the late start that Tennessee is going to have to have. Those are some of the things I factor in. And a lot of people on the outside may not think about that, but I think it does make a difference. Plus, ESPN is going away from Hank Williams Jr. to Little Richard with the opening theme song for Monday Night Football this year. So, I mean, it's going to be it, – it, it, the, the Titans are definitely going to be out of feeling any, any sense of normalcy this week against the, the Broncos. I'm excited about the new commentary crew for Monday Night Football. I think Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Louis Riddick together, I think is going to be great because they have great commentary chemistry with one another. They're also just – they're great storytellers. When – if you can listen to – like if you weren't able to see the game, if you were just completely blind and you're listening to them, they can actually pinpoint and, and really see – make you see the game. And I think that's going to be a really good factor because, look, Monday Night Football for the last two to three years has been unwatchable with, uh, you know, Booger McFarland and those guys. Like, I just couldn't – I can't do it. I, I always mute the broadcast. Now I'm actually excited because Steve Levy, a good friend of mine, he, he does a phenomenal job. I'm excited to Brian Greasy. And I think Louis Riddick is a very, very dynamic talent. So we're actually going to be entertained 
when watching the games. Yeah, they took away the uh, the Big Ten 11 a.m. kickoff away from us with Steve Levy and Brian Greasy, and then just said, you know what, we'll put them on Monday Night Football, which I'm I'm stoked for because I love those guys and I, I think they do a great job. And you take those two and add Louis Riddick, I think it's going to be incredible. Yeah, definitely should be. Um, what also may be incredible, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, rookie receivers coming into the fray in Denver. What what expectations do Broncos fans and and you have for those guys in their first year and in Drew Locke's first year as a full-time starter? Look, I think the expectations have to be tampered. I know with all the additions that they made, you know, obviously you have a Cortland Sutton, Melvin Gordon, Phil Lindsay, you got those guys. That's dynamic. You have Noah Fant entering year number two of his career in the National Football League. Uh, and then you add in Jerry Judy, and then you get K.J. Hamler, who K- K.J.'s highly questionable for Monday's game. He's obviously he dealt with a hamstring issue in camp. Uh, he may not be ready to go on Monday night. We're obviously going to see. He did a little bit of work today in practice. Uh, but with those additions there, you know, it certainly – looks nice on paper but the Broncos have to get that chemistry down pat still and they had a uh, stadium scrimmage a couple weeks ago and there was just some miscommunication in in terms of where the route was supposed to be between him and Drew Locke and and various other guys so I think it's going to be a little bit of an acclimation period I think the Broncos in order to have success offensively early on you got to come out and you got to establish the run and I think that's going to be the focal point for the Broncos against the Titans week one and then it's going to open up the passing game a little bit but I think the expectations for the young offenses look you got to be better than 17 points per game that's not going to win in the NFL it didn't win for them last year and they got to be able to put up some more points and I think if they can get to about the 24.5 almost 25 points per game thresh mark or even just something better like three or four points above 17 points per game and with the defense I think the Broncos will have obviously right now it's in question uh, considering Miller's probably not going to be there the entire year I think it really throws things into question about really where the Broncos can go but I think offensively they have the opportunity to be successful it just really depends on how they really piece it together. Do they put all the pressure on Drew Locke to succeed, or do they help take that pressure off of him by utilizing the run game, utilizing the tight end, utilizing some other receivers? That's going to be a big key for me. Last question the, before we let you go. The, what is your best-case scenario your, and your worst-case scenario for this year's Broncos team? And then also, what's your prediction for Monday night? Well, damn, man, the uh, worst-case scenario just happened, <laughs> in my oh, opinion. Yeah, sorry. I, think, I, I think losing Von Miller is going to be the biggest blow the Broncos have had. And they were really expecting a big year from him. It's a contract year. I mean, at, next year is the last year of his deal. And so the Broncos really have to figure out what they're going to do next. Losing a guy like that, it's just it's so hard to replace, especially when you play in the AFC West with Patrick Mahomes. And, and now you got Tyrod Taylor, and you also have Derek Carr. And a quarterback's going to play this year with Drew Brees and just the NFC South in general. It, it's going to be a tough go without that pass for us. So that's worst case scenario. Check that box. That just happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, best case scenario, look, I think the Broncos, if they go uh, 500 or a game above 500, I think that is perfectly right where I think they need to be. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if they, they struggle to go above 500, at least again this year, because they are still rebuilding. They are a very young football team. Minus the defense. Now, part of me, before I even jumped on this podcast, before knowing what we know now about Von Miller, I would have said if the Broncos offense still struggles a little bit, I think they have a good enough defense around them and a manageable offense with some of the pieces to go 500 or above 500 by one game, especially considering that the NFL has expanded the wild card in the AFC and the NFC. It gives them a chance maybe to sneak in. I don't think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to finish second, but uh, now I'm just at this point where I don't know what, what's going to happen with the Broncos. And does this put more pressure on the defense or does it going to put more pressure overall on the offense? Uh, so I'd say best case scenario, this team is a 500 win team and uh, maybe a game above 500. Okay. And prediction for uh, Monday night. You know, this is really tough. I, you know, for me, I'm, I'm not really much of a predictions guy because I just, I, for some reason, it's like if I say the Broncos and people are going to say, Oh, this guy's biased. So I say the Titans, <laughs> you know, Broncos are going to be like, Oh, you don't have any belief you in this can't team. win. I really can't win. So it's a lose-lose for me here. Uh, you know, I I think everything's changed a little bit here with uh, the Von Miller news. You know, I, I hate to say that one guy is a really defining factor, but Von Miller is a big, big factor in the outcome of the game for the Broncos. Um, you know, for me, I, I had it originally. I, I think the Broncos originally in my prediction that I had before any of this stuff, I felt like they were going to win in a slug them out match. Like it was going to be down to the minute and maybe they, they kick a last second field goal. Um, part of me is wondering what the Titans decide to do. Are they going to be the same team last year with Ryan Tannehill where they go handoff, handoff, 
play action, you know, because you got to get away from some of those habits that you see on film. And, and I think a lot of teams, I know for me watching some of the, the games of Tennessee uh, after, you know, Ryan Tannehill got started in the starting lineup was they would go with that formula uh, format. And because they did that, they had success in the playoffs. I mean, against Baltimore, they're like, oh, they're, they're just going to run the ball with Derrick Henry. Play action. All of a sudden, there's Khalif Raymond. All of a sudden, there's A.J. Brown. You know, you just have all these different options. So I think I, it could go either way. I think it's going to be a close game. I think whichever team wins, here, here's where I can win. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the middle ground. I think whichever team wins is going to win by a field goal in the final minute. So whether it be Tennessee or whether it be Denver. Okay. Wow. Well, that's putting a lot of pressure on Steven Gostkowski right off the bat. <laughs> uh -huh. hey, you know what? He's going to prove to the Pats that, hey, you should have never let me go. Right? Yeah, there you go. It's Yeah, it's just like Jarrell Casey. It's a revenge game for him. It's, in a way, that for Steven Gostkowski. I don't know. Can kickers have revenge games? Um, Maybe, he, man, now. He, he is Cody Rourke, a.k.a. Adam Schefter. At, guys, give him a follow at Cody Rourke NFL on uh, Twitter. That's Cody, C-O-D-Y, R-O-A-R-K. And the letters NFL content director at PFN 365 Broncos insider and the host of the locked on Broncos podcast, dude, Cody, this was awesome. This was extremely informative. You, you broke news. We're going to go ahead and credit you with that broken news. You broke that news on, uh, well, I guess, uh, uh, Von Miller breaking. But. Yeah, yeah, it, it's rough. And gentlemen, you know, hey, I just want to say thank you for reaching out to me and, and get me on here. You know, if these two teams cross paths at any point again in, in this season or even beyond, I'd love to come back on and talk and, and we'll, we'll definitely look at things, man. But hey, I appreciate both of you getting me on here. Yeah, here's hoping All the right. Titans can at appreciate least come on. Yeah, at least the Titans can score maybe a point in Denver this year. Let's just hope for that. <laughs> thank you so much, Cody. We appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. I don't want to brag, Jack, but that was probably one of our better interviews of in the history of this podcast. And um, and again, I'm not saying that just because we recorded this before we recorded the interview, but I, I just have to say, I just have to toot our own horn there. Yeah, that was great by Cody to mention that the Titans were the best team in the NFL and definite Super Bowl <laughs> favorites. Yeah. No, no, but in all honesty, uh, it, it's, it's good. To, it's always good to have somebody, you know, that, that has a little insight uh, on the other team, especially in in week one where you don't really know what to expect out of Denver. You don't know really how to attack them or what the game plan might be heading into week one. Um, so we appreciate Cody for coming on and, and, and sharing that with us. Yeah. Jarrell Casey, you better keep your mouth shut this week. We do not want you exposing the Titans. Yeah. Hey, game Broncos, plan. you got Casey. Good job. But we have Trevor Simeon. So yeah. who really won. And that's a big, butt. <laughs> butt crack. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So Trevor Simeon, uh, real quick, uh, let's take a moment just to, uh, remember his time on the Tennessee Titans active roster. Uh, just if you don't mind, uh, just bow your heads. We're going to take a quick moment of silence. All right. Now, in all seriousness, I do actually have a take on Trevor Simeon because what is it to me? So the NFL is, a lot of teams this year are doing uh, what they're calling um, uh, quarantine quarterbacks where they're like signing guys and they're just putting them in quarantine just in case. Cause uh, Jack, and I got to give you credit. You, you, you texted this to us uh, or in our, in our, our, it's not a group text. It's just you and me in our text thread. <laughs> yeah. uh, you texted the, the Titans. Trevor Simeon is two sneezes away from becoming the starting quarterback of this team. That's right. Which, in this, in this COVID age, you do have to like be super cautious, um, of what you're doing, but the, a lot of teams are signing, uh, quarantine quarterbacks. For example, the Eagles, they signed, uh, Josh McCown to their practice squad, practice squad, and will let him live in Texas during the season as an insurance policy. Um, uh, basically because the cost of quarantining a practice squad quarterback surely outweighs the possibility of entering a game with one or no available quarterbacks. I think that's what the Titans are doing with Trevor Simeon. They're putting a veteran presence on their practice squad just in case Ryan Tannehill and a Logan Woodside um, start coughing or yeah. start getting COVID because it is a serious issue. Like you do, you're going to have to quarantine guys for two weeks if they test positive, whether no matter what health risks come with it. So 
I think that's what they're doing. And I think like the Steelers, the Steelers signed Duck Hodges and put him on their their practice squad. I just think you're going to see a lot of NFL teams do that this year with their practice squad quarterback. The Steelers also just cut Duck Hodges for Josh Dobbs. But right. that now more than ever, especially with 16-man practice squad, you need three quarterbacks. And you, I think the Titans would have liked to have seen Trevor Simeon outplay Logan Woodside to be that number two guy, but that clearly didn't happen. And now Trevor Simeon is on the practice squad for now. You know, like, like, like you mentioned, he's two sneezes away from being up, one sneeze away from the active roster, and then he's one snap away from, from taking, the, taking over that offense. But uh, he, he's here to stay. He, he survived. What would you say? He survived the Logan Woodside fire? Yeah, yeah the, Woods, like, the, the, the Woodside chat, the fire Woodside chat. The, 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 fire, wood, the Woodside fire, fire chat. Yeah. <laughs> the Woodside fire chat. Yeah, no, either way. That fire was about as big as a, a burnt popcorn microwave right. fire. So. Shadnak, Nishak, and Abendigo are impressed you, with uh, his ability to withstand that fire. Do you think that part of the reason they waived him um, was because he looked like Jonathan Hutton? I would. I That's why I would cut him. That's I In fact, I'm kind of hoping that's why they did cut him. I, I wouldn't bring him back to the practice squad if if that was the case. Yeah, I wouldn't want him anywhere near. I don't think he's even good enough for the practice squad if, if, with how much he looks like Jonathan Hutton. No offense to Trevor Simeon, but that's just you know we can't uh, we can't change the way God made us look. I guess. Yeah, um, bad draw. Now John Robinson does listen to this podcast. We've pretty much confirmed that with everything that we've talked about and everything the Titans have done over this off season. Um, so with that, I'll say two things. One, sign Blake Bortles. Make him your quarantine quarterback. I would love that. Uh, two, Titans got Steven Gotzkowski. That's right. They, Gotzkowski watch. You were you were a big Gotzkowski guy. Um, and the Titans went out and got him. They listened to your side of the argument. I wanted Halshka. You wanted Gotzkowski. You won that one, Jack Gentry. So kudos to you. Uh, right. but Maybe the last time I win anything between the two of us, Austin. Well, but, I don't know. Marcus Mariota, our long-term bet with Marcus Mariota. Yeah. He's uh, that starting the season on the right IR. Now. Yeah, uh, that doesn't look good. Okay, but but yeah, Gotzkowski, a guy that has won multiple Super Bowls with the Patriots, played with Brable. Um, actually, Paul Karski noted on Twitter that Mike Brable sold Steven Gotzkowski his dining room set when he was traded from the Patriots to Chiefs uh, <laughs> in Brable's earlier in Brable's career. So. There's definitely what do you, what do you think, a connection there. Do you think it was like one of those like really fancy dining room sets? Yeah, pro- I, I would assume so. Uh, Rabel probably cashed in with the Patriots. I, I don't know the exact contract numbers, but I'm I'm not going to assume that he was, you know, he was pushing a fifty dollar dining room set. I would like to think more of Rabel. But yeah, uh, the, I, I feel like all Patriots, or at least former Patriots, have really nice dining room sets that just seems like something that that is a pa- like, that's like a patriot way thing belichick right. brings you in training camp it's like hey this is our team dining room set we all have to have the same dining room set the the patriot uh, way the patriot way exactly but i like i like the gotzkowski signing you know he he had hip surgery last year i believe in that that kind of put a damper on his season he only played four games but he, he's played in 28 playoff games he's made countless big kicks he's uh, he, he's not a, a powerful leg, you know, but he can hit from 50. Um, I, I, I just think that it's, I think it's as good of an option as they had. Greg Joseph didn't seem to be getting it done. I don't believe Tucker McCann was really watch it um, a candidate for that starting job. I'm watch sorry. It. Austin, uh, Mizzou <laughs> football alumni sticks together, but so yeah, I, I like Gotzkowski. I, I like this signing. I think it'll, uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, the Vinatieri thing made me scary last year, just with an old kicker who, who's got a tired leg, been around for a while. Um, hopefully, he is, a, he is a little bit younger than Vinatieri, so like we can hopefully hang our hats on that. But yeah, I agree with you on that, with the Vinatieri thing. That, that, that project went super south for the Colts and really lost them a lot of games because of it. So I'm hoping that's not the case here. Um, the, uh, sometimes, I, I will say this, I, I lie awake at night wondering what Tucker McCann is doing now. Um, I, I was really excited about him potentially making the Titans. Dan Batson will have, uh, we'll have viewing parties every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, and it would have been nice to have a Mizzou long snapper and Bo Brinkley, uh, snapping to a kicker from Mizzou in Tucker McCann. I just thought that would have been cool. Um, then again, I'm also a huge homer. Uh, so 
I, I will say this on Stephen Goskowski. I like him because of his introductory Zoom call. He was rocking the backwards snapback hat. I don't know if you saw it. But for me, that's a good look for guys in their 30s. Yeah. Great that, look. That's because what you're rocking it at this very moment. Oh my gosh. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, but he's definitely crazy. Cool he's, he's cool dad material. But yeah. I don't care how cool of a dad you are. Hit your field goals. Hit it's your field cool. goals. And yeah, you'll be the coolest dad that we, we you'll be all of our, we'll ask all of you. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Just I'll hit your know goals. how cool of a dad you are. Once you start kicking some field goals. There you go. So the captains were also named this week. Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, Kevin Byard, Daquan Jones, and the OG himself, the legend, Brett freaking Kern. Um, this is the second straight oh, year Kevin Kern. Byard was uh, a captain. It's the first time as ca- Titans captains for the other four players. Uh, but Tannehill was a captain during his four years in Miami. So he's kind of back on that horse. But my question is, are we still doing captains? Like, cause the NFL is only the, the NFL with their COVID restrictions. They have so many COVID restrictions this year. It's ridiculous. Um, one of them is that only one player per team can participate in the pregame coin toss and everyone involved must be wearing a face covering. I don't know the NFL. I wish I loved anything as much as the NFL loves coin tosses because really, if there was ever a year to give up doing the pregame coin toss, it would be this year. This is so dumb to me that we do like the XFL. You saw they, they didn't even televise it. They, they made it like they did it behind back in the locker room before games. You don't even have to do a coin toss. You could just have the home team choose if they want to kick or defer or receive. See, I kind of like it. I kind of, I have a flair for the dramatic, you know, so. So I, I kind of like cameras huddled around the center of the field for a meaningless coin toss. Who gets the ball first? But in overtime, that's electric, you know. But but, uh, <laughs> but uh, what yeah. the Titans have, Daquan Jones, since first year as a captain, I think that could have something to do with him just being the biggest player on the team. Just say, hey, Daquan, go out and intimidate, you know, Philip Rivers for this coin yeah. toss or something. He's got to be the one they send out, right? The, the, the one to send out, like the one player that can do the coin toss. Because you do want to send out – Either him or, or Henry, right? We need to keep a track of each player's coin toss record. Yes, I, we do. Who, what's the long-term bet? Who do you think ends the season with the best coin toss record? Or just the most appearances out there. Um, I would say, man, I, well, just because I love him with all my heart, I'm going to say Derrick Henry. I'm going um, Kern. I don't oh think he loses God. all season. Kern's a good one. Kern's a good one. This, man. Yeah, neither of them win a coin toss all season now. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, watch. They're not gonna. We just totally jinxed them. But yeah, I don't know. I just think I, I just the, the this whole. I I'm, I'm excited and I'm glad that those guys are captains. I feel like the Titans could not have picked four better guys to be captains, um, unless there was a way you could clone Kern six times and just put him out there as captain. Good but, um, but yeah. So those are the captains this year. Um, just wanted to mention those because that's important. That's you know, you know who probably has all first year captains, no returners from last year in the captain's book. Um, the the Bucks, the Jags, <laughs> the Jags. The you Jags know what? Jaguars. And we set aside time for this podcast to just completely slander the Jaguars. Uh, in case you were wondering, uh, Ronnie Harrison, the second on Jaguars. The Jaguars traded him to the Browns, and he said on Twitter, so relieved to be out of Jacksonville and around a new team who wants common, who wants one common goal. Thank you, God. Fist emoji, 100 emoji, 100 emoji, 100 emoji. Let me, reset, let me rephrase that. He was traded to the Browns, and he's saying how much better of a franchise he's at. <laughs> the Browns have never acquired a player happier to be in Cleveland than Ronnie Harrison. It goes to show how really terrible, how truly awful it must be to play for that franchise. That sorry, sorry, sorry franchise (laughs) who has lost every single key player you can imagine from that 2017 AFC championship game. I believe it was something like uh, they they had only 11 returning members from that team that still reside in Jacksonville. Right. A 53-man roster and only 11 are left from an AFC title game from three years ago. Imagine the Titans only having 11 guys from last year's team on their roster in two years from now. It would be ridiculous on top of that slander. 
on top of that slander from Ronnie Harrison, Leonard Fournette also came out. And like every other free agent not named Jadavian Clowney, he signed with the Tampa Bay Bucks. And he said, and I quote, for the first time in my life, I really have a quarterback. That's mean <laughs> as hell. Blake Bortles had a good 2017. He had a great 2017. And he's soon to be the, he's going to be, after John Robinson listens to this podcast, he's going to be the Titans uh, quarantine quarterback. Leonard Fournette better watch his words when he talks about a future Titans backup. Yeah, don't knock my guy Bortles like that. Now, Gardner Minshew, on the other hand, Gardner Minshew, I both love and hate. I love him just because he's hilarious to me. Um, it to me, it's like win-win if he does good, it's, it's, it's funny because it's Gardner Minshew. If he does poorly, it's even funnier because he's with the Jaguars. He's such I, a dick player though. He's, he's a, a slightly more successful. I say slightly Zach Mettenberger. Although Zach Mettenberger <laughs> went 0 and 10 as a starter. Yeah. Right. Two. He has a few more wins on already beaten that. Yeah. But they're both sticks. They're both just, a, they're temporary NFL players and you know, uh, I just right. about Gardner Minshew just doesn't, doesn't go well with me. So in case you were wondering, here we stand on Wednesday, September 9th, 2020, and the Jaguars still suck. Um, the, they, that <laughs> let's just say the Jaguars are so bad. Odell Beckham likes watching the Jaguars. <laughs> That's how shitty they are. The yeah. yeah, let's get to some emails. You guys have been sending us emails and we've been just been neglecting them. Our email address, TitanUpPod at A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Send us your emails whenever you have questions about anything. With the football season ramping up, we know you guys have questions or takes or just things you want to get off your chest. Send them to us. We'll read them on here. Uh, and uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and read these. Hey, guys, just wanted to drop you a line and say the episode with Paul was great. Thank you. Thank uh, you. It seems unlikely, but it would be epic if you could get him and Blaine on together. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It, I, you were right in saying it seems unlikely because I, I don't think the zone can get those two guys in the same room. Yeah, that's that's a tall task, man. I, in, based off what Paul said and what Blaine insinuated. Right. Uh, the closest we could do was get them in back to back episodes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I don't, those guys don't don't seem to be spending too much time together in the future. But that's wishful thinking. We we hope to make it happen. We would love to be the the place of reconciliation for for those two. Yeah. Uh, feel, he continues. Feel free to shout out my handle at uncle underscore mad. That's mad with two D's. Mothers against drunk driving. Uh, I tried to tweet out as many satirical responses to Titans news slash updates as I can. All right, perfect. Uncle Matt mad. Uh, that signed Matt Green. So Matt. Uncle underscore mad. We, we are big proponents of growing the Titans, um, like community online, especially on Twitter. Um, so if you guys ever want to give us your handles, we'll shout them out because we do, we think you can go follow at uncle underscore mad. M A D D. Just try and slide in the family tree. Uncle mad. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute, Matt Green. Whoa, you haven't been a whoa, whoa, you haven't Matt been a guest Green. on this podcast yet. You you don't get that uncle title that easily. Right, I, I like his I like him I like his plot. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for the email, um, Matt. We will work on the Paul and Blaine on the same episode, uh, but you're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to settle for them being on back to back episodes. Broadcasting uh, straight from hell. Here is an episode <laughs> with Paul Garski and Blaine Bishop. <laughs> From uh, our next email, hey, Tup dudes. <laughs> what's up, dude? Yeah, what's up? Sup, Tup. Uh, love the podcast. Was hoping you could help settle a debate between my dad and I. Okay. He says Clowney's good days are behind him and keeps pointing at sacks. I tell him he does so much more than that. Apologies if you guys have talked about this on the show before, but wanted your take on it. Keep up the great work. The car ski interview was really fun. Uh, his dumpster dive is Javon Ringer, uh, and that oh, comes from Jay Kimball. Uh, Jay, first off, thank you. Uh, yes, we did cover it. Just uh, rewind a little bit uh, about the whole Jadavian Clowney and Sack stuff. Um, we've also talked about it in previous episodes, but thank you so much for listening. Um, your dad's wrong. You, yes, your dad is wrong, and you can clip this part. You can li- make him listen to this part of the podcast. Hey, uh, Jay Kimball's dad, you're, <laughs> you're wrong, dude. <laughs> on the throne of lies. Yes, just be happy that Clowney's here because the 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 power that he brings is what he does. He opens up for everyone else. 
Don't look at his numbers specifically. Look at what the the disruption he does on the field. There's a video going around of, I think it was Matt LaFleur or one of the Packers coaches where it's just constant clips. I think uh, Mike Herndon tweeted it out where it's just uh, constant clips of him saying, is Clowney on the field? Where's Clowney? Why why hasn't anyone told me Clowney's off the field? And literally, it's just a whole long clip of how much offenses and offensive coordinators focus on Jadavian Clowney being on the field at all times. He's a disruptor, and that's a good thing. Um, But yeah. So anyway, thank you. Your quarterback with the force of 1,000 waves. Yes, yes. Always sunny for you. Right. Just think back to that hit he had in Michigan. You know, Taylor Lewan hasn't forgotten that. Mm-mm. Um, all right. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Um, uh, make sure you follow us at tighten up pod on Twitter at tighten up podcast on, on Instagram, follow Jack, Jack, a gentry. I'm, I'm not kidding you guys. You're going to want to follow him for the NFL season because he's, he's a great tweeter and he's got a, we're going to have so much fun with the Titans this year. Uh, I'm I'm on Twitter at Austin Huff. Jack, you got anything for? Oh, follow all things A to Z Sports at A to Z Sports, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. You, the coverage of the Titans this year has already been great through training camp. It's only going to get better as the season goes on. Jack, you got anything for the road? Nope, just follow the podcast. If you're new here, we're gonna we're gonna have fun all season with you guys. So uh, look forward to things to come and success on the gridiron for the Tennessee Titans. Guys, it is freaking game week. Jadavian Clowney is in two tone blue. Get hype, get get lit, as the kids say. Get uh, is there anything else I'm missing? And get uh, put Drew Lock in a body bag. Put him in a body bag. All right, with all of that said, until next week, tighten the hell up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep.